and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang. Anthony, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. How are you? It's been a busy few days. It's, it feels like the season is gearing back up here, even though we're still a month away from games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I think I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. We felt we we talked about how like after all the plans were basically announced, it felt like we were in a holding pattern, sort of like you know, it was like what can you do? The, the practices haven't started yet. There's not a deadline coming up. But uh, this week actually was like kind of a couple of milestones with uh, we're recording this on uh, Thursday morning. Yesterday was like an op- the kind of first opt-out date for players. Um, so there's, there's actually, like, been some stuff going on. And then uh, this morning, actually, uh, just like an hour ago, pretty much, from when we're recording this, uh, you broke the news that uh, Derek Jones Jr. Is, is the first known Heat player, at least, to uh, to test positive for COVID-19. Um, what, I mean, did you just kind of have, like, your initial reaction, your, your, your first thoughts when you uh, kind of heard the news? I mean... Obviously, anytime you hear somebody you know, not that I'm, I, you know, I'm close friends with Eric, but just somebody you know, like, test positive, like, it's kind of, uh-huh. you have that whoa moment, you know. But I think big picture, like, just kind of zooming out from the entire situation, there was going to be positive tests. Yeah, I, that's where I'm at. Yeah, like, I almost would have been more surprised if there was not one player on the Heat that tested positive. And who knows, you know, I'm not speculating, but, like, we don't know if Derek is the only guy with tested positive. Like, for all we know, it could be more players, but Derek is the one we know for sure has tested positive for the virus. And, you know, this is why the NBA is doing this. This is why they had they started mandatory testing on Tuesday. Like, it's not a coincidence that it's exactly two weeks before teams start leaving for Orlando. Um, Derek now, after testing positive, or any player who tests positive, basically has to sit out for at least two weeks. So, um, you know... It's expected. There's why the NBA has this timeline of kind of testing and leaving for Orlando and individual workouts. Like, it's to kind of, okay, get everyone back into the facility. You know, everyone's supposed to be back. It's, you know, mandatory to be back in your market. Start getting tested every other day. And that way you get, you know, they, they can kind of f- find who has the virus and they could get it out of their systems. And everyone, by the time they get get to Orlando, is is, is you know, theoretically healthy and doing well. So, it's you know it's not it's not hugely surprising I would say and the good news is he is asymptomatic um, he still expects to you know still expects and wants to play when the season resumes um, so you just have to hope he's you know his recovery keeps going in the right direction yeah and in the last couple of days you've seen a lot of NBA players test positive um, obviously coinciding with that mandatory testing starting Tuesday I think the Kings had three players Alex Wen yeah. Uh, Jabari Parker, Buddy Heald, Malcolm Brogdon tested positive. Um, yep. So again, it's like that's you know we just knew we knew they were going to happen. It's it's the NBA's challenge um, is going to be how do you handle the positive tests? And as you mentioned, it's you know two weeks out from um, you know travel date, so they've at least like handled so far they've handled this part of it intelligently, where they hopefully are catching a lot of tests early. It's not going to affect who. Um, is able to go to Orlando initially. Obviously, you know, odds are someone's going to test positive once you're in Orlando. That's that's really the challenge is what do you do once guys um, get there. But but the guys who are testing positive now, I mean, obviously they're going to be in a bubble basically going forward. Even if even though they're not in a bubble right now, 
I'm sure I don't know what the league policy is, um, but every team is obviously encouraging guys to now lock it down. You know, these guys who've tested positive, obviously the country has, has reopened more over the last two or three weeks. So these guys just naturally, you know, even if they haven't been out at, like, bars, like the Orlando uh, Pride, the women's soccer team that, that apparently had an outbreak that kind of traces back to an Orlando bar, even if they're not, like, out at big restaurants or clubs or anything, like, you know, you're just getting exposed to more in these last two, three weeks than you were for the first month or so of this quarantine. So, um, you know, I, I think the NBA is going to be just encouraging guys to, like, kind of lock it down for these next two weeks. You don't want to get sick in these next two weeks. You want to be able to go to Orlando, and then you're in a, a little bit more of a, uh, a bubble, even more of a bubble there. But but I think it makes sense that we're seeing a lot of positive tests, I think, this week. Yeah, and, and you know, this was kind of – I know it's like, you know, players have been working out to the facility for, for a few weeks now, but this week was kind of the start of, okay, let's get ready for the restart. You know, like, like I said, it's been mandatory for guys to be in market starting Monday. Testing started Tuesday. N- now that you're in market, like, your players are – Really, not not that they're not allowed. I mean, I guess they can do whatever they want, but the rules say that they shouldn't leave their home unless it's like to go to the facility for a workout or treatment or just for like something essential like grocery shopping or um, something you know something like that. So it's really like they're trying to kind of lock things down a little bit and get everyone, um, like I said, like ready for you know this pre- preparation for Orlando for for getting to Disney. Like so that way everyone you know theoretically again is is good to go and is able to travel. Um, you know, Derek, who knows? It's kind of a type, it's a type fit. Like, he leave two weeks from today to right. go to Disney. Like, he has to, uh, you know, in order to travel, like, he has to be obviously 100% over uh, the virus and, you know, produce two negative tests at least 24 hours apart, and he has to have a cardiac screening. Like, for all we know, he won't be ready that exact day and have to travel on his own. But the point is... You know, if everything goes right, he doesn't have any setbacks, God forbid, um, he should be able to get to Orlando, you know, at least shortly after the team if, if, if he doesn't go with them. So, you know, again, it's surprising, but, you know, you have to hope, Derek, like most other NBA players, you know, have a full recovery and he's able to play when the season resumes. Yeah, again, like the the goal, you know, the – expectation, I think, was always that there were going to be positive tests. Like, you think back to when the first positive test happened, the Rudy Gobert one, and, and they had to shut everything down. That's just because they didn't have a plan. Like, no one expected this to happen. Um, now everyone's expecting positive tests, and, and the, the plan now is to make sure that those pos- that one positive test doesn't uh, turn into an outbreak and, you know, get, you know, because if everyone in the league gets sick, just the odds are someone is, is going to get seriously sick. Like, I know the the percentages for people in that age range, like, you know, it's obviously really encouraging, but how many players in the league? It's 15 players per team, 30 teams, like, that's 450 guys, 450 plus guys. Plus, like, plus two-way guys, too, yeah. Yeah, so like four, 500 guys or, or whatever, close to that. Like, someone's going to get seriously sick, the odds say, if, if everyone gets sick. So your goal is obviously to, to limit that as much as possible. Um, and really, once we get to the bubble environment, like, in theory, there should be even less exposure than there has been in these last couple of weeks. So, honestly, I think it's like, I mean, maybe we're going to keep having some of these tests come back over the next few days where um, it seems even more widespread than it is. But, honestly, it's, it's almost encouraging that it's uh, just a handful of guys considering right now they're, like, in the outside world. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and one one point to make here, um, again, Derek does want to play. It seems like at yeah. this point, you know, when the season resumes, but the positive test allows him to opt out of the restart and still be paid the remainder of his salary. Like, if he if he had chosen, you know, yesterday or two days ago, like, I don't want to play because, you know, I don't want to risk injury when I'm going to be a free agent. Like, he could have done that, but he would not have been paid for those missed games. Right. Now, after the positive test, he could opt out and use this to say, you know, I tested positive and he can still be paid the rest of his salary. So it is interesting. You know, that's an interesting, you know, it's kind of an out for him, I guess, in a way. But, again, as of right now, he tends to play, but it is worth noting, I think. Yeah. Uh, that kind of transitions us nicely, actually, to yesterday, as I mentioned, was that first deadline um, for guys to opt out of playing in this Orlando restart if they wanted to. Um, I think the most notable guy to announce he wasn't playing is Avery Bradley. I can't remember if there was anyone else um, who's already kind of made that official announcement. But um, on the heat end, it, it seems like everyone's all in from what you've gathered so far, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, going into this week, I was like, oh, Wednesday's the deadline for guys to opt out. Um, but as I, the more and more I talk to people, um, Wednesday was kind of like a fake deadline. Like, yeah. that was the way, that was like the target date for players to opt out of playing, you know, in the, in the restart. But it was really the deadline for guys to notify their teams they don't they want to sit out if they're looking to be on the excuse list, which is guys who who are based at higher risk for severe illness from COVID. Um, and those guys would be able to keep their salaries if they're determined to be actually excused and, and you know, determined to have a higher risk for, you know, for, for complications from COVID-19. So, there were no Heat players who who basically told the team they want to do that. So as of right now, you know, all 17 guys are on board. But um, really, I mean, guys can really opt out whenever they want. Like, you can get to Orlando, be there for two right, weeks, you can leave. be like, uh, this is not for me, and just leave. You know, like, there's no, nothing, there's no, like, hard deadline for guys to opt out. So, you know, we'll see. Like I said, like, everything's fluid. Like, Derek Jones Jr. just tested positive. Like, we don't know if another player is going to test positive. Um, you know, we don't know what the, the world's going to look like in a month. So, as of right now, it looks like everyone's on board. But, you know, again, it, it's all fluid. And would I be surprised if one guy says, look, I don't want to do this, like, in a month? No. I mean, it's it's a very – we've gone over this over the past few weeks, but it's a very unique situation. And, you know, from everyone I talk to, they're like, you know, it's – what I, what I want – like, do I want to do this, on a, you know, in a perfect world? No. Like, I, you know, I'm fine, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. I'd rather not do it. So there might be some players who, who just decide, no, nah, this is not for me. So, yeah, Avery Bradley's one uh, who opted out. Trevor Reese does another for fans. Trevor Reese another one. And, and Davis Bertans. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because he's a, he's a free agent. You know, he's yeah. going to be a free agent. His, though, is probably not on the ex- – I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does have, like, asthma or something and can counter his excuse, but – as far as we know, his is not an excused one. It's the contract kind of concerns that that it would be the reason, like, if someone like Derek Jones opted out. Like, that we were just talking about this before we went on the air. Like, there is a, um, a rationale Derek could basically justify not playing with his free agency coming up and potentially, uh, you know, um, a big contract coming this offseason. But I, I think the other difference is with Davis Bertans, like you're coming to play with the Wizards and probably play eight games and then leave. And then yeah. Uh, yeah. Derek Jones, you're, you're playing, and in this wacky format, um, you know, could they go to the finals or, you know, make a make a run that people 
that, that three months ago we would have kind of thought was crazy. Um, so I think that's the difference. You know, I, I, would, I would be surprised if, like, other guys in that Wizards tier pull out. But um, I think, you know, obviously the, the Heat team has seems to, like, have, you know, from what we can tell, like, good chemistry and all that and, and guys who like playing, guys who like being around each other. So, like, makes sense to me that most of those guys uh, seem pretty much all in. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's like uh, it's like Bam said, like we're the Miami Heat. I don't think anybody's gonna sit out. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. I, I I I'm not surprised that most guys seem to be on board and have already indicated they want to play. Um, it's just the way this team is, and he, like you said, they like playing with each other. But again, I mean, it's a rolling deadline. We still have a month, more than a month to go, and and guys could even opt out after the season to resume. So you can't stay for, you know, we just don't know. It's going to be a weird, it's going to be a weird, like, just time. Like, think about guys just, like, in the middle of the playoffs. Going, like, ah, I don't want to do this. I don't know if that's going to happen, but theoretically I guess it could. Like, ah, I don't want to do this, you know. So it's definitely going to be, like, a day-to-day uh, <laughs> lifestyle. Right. Uh, the season kind of starts back up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's um – and then, of course, the elephant in the room is just Orlando continuing the yeah. case counts climbing. And, like, you know, are guys going to even opt out or is, is, are we just not going to make it to the finish line? Like, that's the possibility also. Yeah, and, and, and I, there's a story yesterday that Disney employees are petitioning to de- delay the reopening. Like, they don't want to work because of, like, obviously everything that's going on in, in the office. Yeah, that's how Disneyland out in, uh, in Anaheim, they – Delayed. They were supposed to reopen maybe this coming weekend, and they pushed it back to mid-July. Um, so, like, you know, and they, they're California's in a, a relatively similar position to, to Florida. I think right now with the climbing case count, we just reopened quicker here. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, there's so many things. Like, you know, again, the NBA has a plan. They're moving forward, but this we just don't know. Like, things are not doing well right now in, in Florida. So. Um, hopefully by then things are going, you know, back down and in the right track. But right now it's kind of a scary time. Yeah. And I think the thing, like, people need to remember when they are, like, thinking about why it's an issue is that, the you know, like I said, obviously if, if the whole league gets it, that's bad. Um, right. But but that's not the issue. The issue isn't the players. It's not the, the 450 guys who are almost certainly going to, um, you know, be – pretty healthy if they get it. Most of them, the vast majority, are going to be asymptomatic or have mild symptoms. The concern is, well, one, that that we don't know what the long-term effects are, obviously. But the bigger concern is just, like, you don't, you can't let it get to the point where the whole league has it. So so if the issue isn't that an NBA player is going to get really sick and die, like, it's a possibility, but it's really slim, like... Right. the, the, The problem is that if... Ten guys on one team get it. What do you do? Like you're, you're just in an impossible position, and then you can't let those ten guys get it and go out on the court because then it spreads, and your odds of someone getting really sick uh, increase. Like it, it's just the issue isn't the how sick the players are going to get. The issue is how bad the outbreak is going to be and make it impossible to play. And then obviously, you know, the at-risk guys like 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 we talked about James Harden has asthma. Um, you know, there's obviously older coaches. Like, it's it. There aren't a lot of guys who are at serious risk, but there are guys, and that's enough to just justify. Especially when it's you know some of your star guys, some of your biggest name guys. Greg Popovich is in the at risk category. Yeah. James Harden is like 
if he can't play, if he has to opt out, then it just doesn't feel like a real postseason. Yeah, no, and, and, and you made a good point too about the staff members. Like that's the that's really yeah, what I'm about here. I, like, I get the sense that's what the NBA is most concerned. About. Like I I think if most NBA players, if you polled all 500 or whatever NBA players and said, "Are you worried about getting sick from the coronavirus?" I don't think most. I, I think most of them would say they're not seriously concerned, right? Yeah, I, I, I probably. You know, I'm it's sure. More about the people around them. They don't want to. You know, it's, yeah. it's more the coaches. They don't want to get a, their coach sick, and they don't want to get their family sick. Yeah, like I don't. And then, and then obviously there are some guys who are in the at-risk category that, that might be more concerned. Yeah, like I, I just. I, I don't want it to like. I agree with you. Like, chances are players are gonna be fine. Everyone has been fine. You know, like all the players have done. Yeah, it. everyone who's gotten has, it has like, been fine. made full recovery. Mm-hmm. But you just you take that chance. All it takes is one guy. Yeah. God, yep. God forbid, like one guy who just does not react well to this because of one. You know, who knows? The uh, 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 you know, something he he doesn't even know he has, like some type of at risk condition. Um, it, it's just that's the scary part. And then the staff members too, like. As you get older, you don't have to be 80 years old to become severely ill with this. Like, right. as you get older, incrementally, like your percentage of getting severely ill from the coronavirus goes up. Like, even yeah, if you're the difference six, between a 50 year old and a 25 year old is huge. Exactly. So it's just, you know, the bubble. I, I have I have to think the bubble is probably going to be safer than just being home. You know, right now, just because they're going to do everything they can to make that bubble safe and. You know, guys aren't going to be able to leave, and you'd you'd hope that guys will take that seriously and follow the rules and not try to not try to bend them. But um, it is just you know, for people who say like the season should not be happening and they should just call it off, I get why the NBA is trying to make get it done. Like they're they're trying, but I yeah. also understand there's a huge risk involved involved, and you know this could blow up in the league's face. You know, you obviously hope it doesn't, but there's there's that chance. Like there's that chance that this could go wrong, and it was the wrong decision. But I, I totally understand why the NBA is trying and why I, pretty much every other league is trying to get sports back. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's again, it's like risk assess, like risk management. Like, it's, is it yeah. worth it to try to do it? Like, you know, if this seemed like, you know, the, the risk that is obviously not so severe that, that it, you can't justify it. And like you said, I, I mean, I know guys don't like, you know, there's, been reports that guys don't like the bubble thing, like it's going to be weird for them. But again, they're probably if you care about your health, you're honestly probably going to be safer there than um, back at home, unless you're the kind of guy who has just been locked in your uh, right. house or your apartment for the last three months. And, and quite frankly, I don't think most people are falling that camp anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's like you said it's all about like risk management and yeah. the NBA like we talked about with the 113 page manual they sent out last week to teams like they're doing everything they can to make it as safe as possible like you just read that thing or just scan it over and you realize wow like I don't know if the NBA can do any more yeah they thought about everything yeah like short of just sealing the bubble tight and not allowing any Disney employees out of the bubble like that's the one thing I guess people keep talking about like I, some Disney employees are going to be in and out of the bubble which is you know, that's a little bit concerning, but for the most part, like everything else, like they've done everything they could. So yeah, and now you just have to hope and pray that, yeah. that you know it's it, it really does work. Where's your uh, confidence? Your weekly confidence meter at? I think we're both like at ten out of ten on that they're going to start this thing still, right? Like, unless, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not ten out of ten, but like 
Yeah. Eight, nine, probably. Like, they're going to try to start this thing. I'm nine out of ten. I, I, You know, it is, again, all these positive tests coming back. Derek Jones testing positive. Like, it is alarming, but it's the like... The Florida numbers are what concern me more than the NBA players themselves getting testing positive right now. Right. Like, that was... I mean, players testing positive, it's expected. And there's going to be more over the next few, like, weeks and days. Like, there's going to be more guys who test positive. It's just a numbers game, like... Yeah. Guys are going to test positive, but like you said, yeah, it's the it's kind of what's going on in Florida right now that's very concerning, and you know the Disney employees kind of petitioning not to work, understandably, um, and just kind of outbreaks happening not only in Florida but around, in different states around the country. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, I, I would say nine out of ten that they start the season, um, but man, it's you know, yeah. What now? Now on the other one, what is your percent? What where are you at on yeah. the finish it? I feel like we should be doing this every week. We should have been – I mean, we've kind of been alluding to it every week, but I like putting a number on it just so we can kind of track where we've been. If they don't finish the season, like, it's not going to be a good look for the league. And so I, you think they're going to power through? No, I mean, at the same time, I think they're going to be smart about it. And they have to, if they have to cancel a season, like, they'll do it. Like, I think that's kind of yeah. the reputation NBA has. Like, they're going to take the smart approach. But I just think they'll try to do everything they can to try to finish this thing if they start, yeah. you know. So I would say – I won't say 9 out of 10, like, starting. I think starting is obviously is closer, and it just seems more realistic. But finishing it is, like, another three months of basketball and getting through another three months. So I'll say 8 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, like, 7, 8. Uh, it's probably about where I've been this whole time, between, like, 6 and 8. Um, I've always been, like, I think, a little bit more optimistic they would figure something out. And honestly, like, this week, like, kind of realizing that, you know, they started mandatory testing Tuesday. A lot of guys have tested positive. The timeline works out where most of those guys are still going to be able to go on time. Like, it makes you realize they, like, really have kind of, like, they really thought everything out. And obviously, I don't think they anticipated um, that Florida and particularly uh, Orange County or in Orlando is, is like, was going to be a – potential new, like, hotbed for the virus. But, um, yeah, I think they've really kind of thought it out pretty intelligently. Um, you know, obviously there's, it's impossible to have a full bubble um, because, you know, not everyone who interacts with everyone who interacts with the players, like, is going to be able to stay in the bubble. But, you know, I think for the most part they're going to be able to lock it down. And, and it'll be interesting. So they've, they've been, they're testing every other day now, right? That's the policy. Every other day, and then temperature checks and symptom checks um, pretty, pretty much every day. I and think. then once they get to Orlando, I, I don't remember if that was in the guidelines. Do they up that testing to every day? I still think it's – I don't know if they have the exact, like, timetable. It just says, like, regular testing. Yeah. I, I think it's still going to be every other day. Gotcha. I know the NHL is planning to do every day. Um, at least that's what they said, like, two months ago now or whatever, a month and a half ago. Yeah, um, I'm not 100% sure, but from what I remember from reading that manual, I was, because I thought it was going to be every day, and then I remember reading, like, it was regular, going to be regular testing, like, that's the word they use, and then I also read that it was going to be every other day as well, so I yeah, think... if you're testing every day, you should be able to get through it. Even if you're testing every other day, you should be yeah. in pretty good shape. I, I still think, like, 7, 8 out of 10 that they, that they get the thing done. Yeah. What do you think about Major League Baseball, by the way? I know this is like, that's another podcast, but... Um, not another but, podcast. We do not have a Marlins podcast. Well, yeah, true. Let's just make it here. Like, wh- like the fact that they're going to be traveling. That's crazy. Honestly, like, I, I don't want to get too much into it because obviously I haven't been following, you know, that's, that's Jordan's beat. He's been following the negotiations more closely than either of us. Um, but, like, oh, man, 
a commissioner there, just like, it doesn't seem like they had a plan, right? Like, I know they've had these negotiations that was still, like, they haven't been able to, like, you know, it's not like the NBA where everyone was on the same page that we're going to try to get this done early on. Like, we were going to put a plan together and you guys are going to vote to approve it or we're going to tweak it. Like, they were trying to create something whole, you know, whole cloth. It does not seem like they had a plan, right? It's just like, we're going to play this season. We're going to just make it shorter. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I the only thing I'll say is, just like, when I saw the details of, like, them traveling to different home stadiums, and I know it's going to be pretty much empty stadiums across the country, but just the traveling thing makes me uneasy, you know? And I know some got people in the NBA, like, some agents, some players were like, why don't we just travel to home arenas? Like, that way we can be home and we'll just play in empty arenas. And I know that's more appealing to players. Like, they don't have to be locked up in this bubble for months, especially with baseball. Like, they have the whole season, not, not the whole entire season. It's a shortened season, but yeah. they haven't even started the season yet. So I get that, but it's just, it kind of makes me uneasy to know that, like, guys are going to be traveling and staying in hotels and understanding that the, that the MLB will do everything they can and keep that all as safe as possible. But it just it just allows for more, I guess, cracks. You know? Yeah, you have no control over what guys are doing when they go home. Yeah, exactly. So I just, right, and the people they're living with and, the, and just everything, like all the, you know, who they come across and when they go out to eat and, you know, will they stay in the hotel on the road? It's just. Yeah. Well, I, the, the MLB plan was just completely, like, devoid of, like, creativity and original ideas, it seems like. Obviously, like, it's, I don't think theirs has been, like, formalized, but, but the reports, like, were that, you know, you're going to play 60 games, you're going to play every team in your division, I think, 10 times, five home, five road, every team in, like, you know, the NL East will play the AL East, um, I think, every team from that division five times. Um, and the original, like, re- reporting or rumor was that they were going to just do, like, five-game series, like, so, like, the Marlins would go to Philly and play five straight days, just get that whole series out of the way, and then you travel somewhere else, or you come back home and maybe you play the Phillies. And, like, yeah, that's right, whatever. You're, you're totally limiting travel then. Yeah. But the, now the – but then I think that report was, like, debunked by another reporter who said the plan is to just do, like, three-game series and, and two games, like you, like a normal season. Which is nonsense. Just, like – it's just so devoid of, like, any – Yeah. Like you're you're trying way too hard to have like the normal the normal season. What a normal season looks like when, when that's just totally impossible to do. And then of course the Astros owner is like, yeah, we're gonna try to get fans in the building while Houston hospitals are about to become uh, overrun. Like it's just that, that's a mess. Baseball yeah. is a mess. Yeah, for everything you say about the NBA and the bubble, and I know guys aren't looking forward to being in that bubble. It's uh, at least you know that you that, you know. It should be safe, theoretically. So that's uh, yeah, I, I feel like the NBA's plan is pretty sound. Yeah, again, we're at 8 out of 10 that they're going to get this thing done. Yeah. Like, it's pretty good. Like, I'm way lower on baseball. These guys are not in a bubble. And, you know, maybe they're just not going to test guys and just, like, <laughs> kind of hope, like, everyone is asymptomatic and no one gets really sick. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, if not, it seems impossible that you're not going to have an outbreak at some point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's this is uh they're definitely interesting times right now. All right, uh, let's wrap things up with some non-coronavirus talk. Um, you got a an early look at an ESPN documentary. What is it? Just like an hour special um, yeah. about behind the scenes of the decision. Um, we talked. You, I, I, I haven't seen it yet. So you were telling me a little bit about it yesterday and. Um, 
We'll talk about it more, I guess, when it airs. Is that, does that air this weekend? Is that the plan? It airs Sunday at 9 p.m. Sunday. So we'll, we'll talk probably yeah. more about it next week. But um, as we go into it, um, you know, it's not exactly, from what you've told me, the special I think I expected and maybe a lot of Heat fans are, like, kind of hoping to see. So we just kind of want to temper, temper expectations <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting look at the decision from, like, I would say uh, it's kind of like from the ESPN ESPN it's like game. A, it's like a media study, right? It's like something you would yeah. watch in your media studies class in college or something. It seems right. like that, and also like just how like LeBron kind of flipped the way athletes use the media. Like basically, LeBron that's like the start of like athletes and people of power like not needing the media as much as they did before. Like they could just put out their own message like with right. You know, yeah. All his platforms and yeah. It paved the way for him to have his own bleacher, like or not even bleacher, but for guys to just go on Instagram live in a way. That, like, exactly. Exactly. like this was still on ESPN, but but it set the wheels in motion because LeBron had so much creative control over the thing. Yeah, so like ESPN basically donated the hour of primetime network television to him. Like that, he didn't have to pay for it, and basically all the proceeds that LeBron got from the sponsors of that, you know, of that one-hour show. Um, went to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, as we know. Um, so it was just, like, kind of talking to ESPN executives and kind of their decision uh, to, to allow that, like, why they allowed that, kind of their reasoning. You know, obviously not everyone – it seems like not everyone was on board with it. Um, they thought that it should have been more of, like, a press conference-style thing where you allow media in, like, just kind of, to, kind of, to kind of watch and be and able to ask questions. Um, but it seems like LeBron and Maverick Carter had full control of this thing, and – you know, it, it was what it was. And it was pretty revolutionary, obviously, at the time, yeah. like 2010. Like, you'd never seen anything like this. Um, and, yeah, I, one thing I thought that was interesting was kind of where the original idea for the decision came from. And, uh, you know, according to the document, the documentary or docu-series, whatever you want to call it, um, it came from a reader named Drew from Columbus, Ohio, who pitched the idea in uh, Bill Simmons' mailbag in November 2009 um, that was kind of like the first time that idea came out. And then Bill Simmons brought it up to ESPN executives who also liked the idea. And from there, it just kind of gained steam. I think Jim Gray was also involved in kind of formulating the idea, of course. Um, and LeBron was sold on it, and it was it kind of went from there. But the fact that it started with a guy named Drew from Columbus, Ohio, like yeah. asking a question in the mailbag, it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, and hosted by uh, Don Van Natta, right? Miami yeah. Herald alumnus. Former Miami Herald uh, reporter um, and now of ESPN, obviously. Yeah, he, he hosts, he reported the thing. No Heat people were or interviewed for the, for right. the That's kind of what, it's no Heat people, no LeBron people interviewed, right? It's like pretty much the ESPN side of the story. Yeah, and to be fair, he you know Don Renata mentioned that they did request LeBron and Maverick Carter and Rich Paul and, and those guys, but they declined. Um, they declined the request, and he, he kind of made a point. He's like, and why would they accept that request? Like they're able to get their messaging out on their own. They can talk about this on their own, and they kind of and and the show like kind of goes to a clip from something from like uninterrupted, where I guess there was some episode on uninterrupted where LeBron and his guys are sitting on a couch breaking down the decision and kind of, like, what went wrong, what what kind of went into the idea. So, like, he's already done it. So I was kind yeah. of down at this point. Like, he doesn't need us. He already's done it on his own platform, on his, you know, with his own messaging. Right. 
Yeah. Um, do you remember what do you, what do you remember from the decision like watching it in real life? I remember being at a Friday's in Gainesville. Hey, New York College at the time. I was still in high school. Like the summer I got what year was it? Two thousand and ten? Two thousand ten, yeah. Yeah, it was the summer I graduated high school. I remember watching it in my cousin's basement. I don't know why. I don't remember anything about it, like really other than that. Um, but I'm sure you were like more fired up. I was at my college apartment in Gainesville. And then I went out after for lemonade out of Fridays. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that night was. Yeah, that was a crazy night. I just remember being like that was, you know, as as a South Florida like fan, kind of growing up down here. Like that was, it's like I wrote in the story of like reviewing this episode yesterday. It, it was it was one of the top moments in his in, in sports history down here. But yeah. for other people, it was like. One of the worst moments, just because obviously in Cleveland and then other parts of the country were so upset about kind of what he did and how he did it, um, that it was one of those moments that people look back on and just kind of are don't don't want to remember, you know. But for down here, like it was just it was one of those moments that you'll never forget. Yeah, it's I mean it it kind of so Twitter existed by then, but it wasn't like I think it really kind of took off in the next couple years where, like, NBA Twitter started to become a thing. Um, like, it feels like all the other big free agent decisions that have happened recently, like, you kind of had a sense of what was going to happen. And I don't remember – like, I remember the Heat being a contender, but I don't remember it being, like, a foregone conclusion that he was going to pick Miami. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of um, – I think – Stephen A. reported that it was going to be Miami, I think. Was that, yeah. like, the one – yeah, Stephen A. was one of the first ones, and also I think as it got closer, like decision day, I think a lot more reporters were like, okay, I'm hearing Miami's like probably the pick. Like there, there was a clip in, in the one-hour show that's going to be on Sunday, um, and, and it's called Backstory. Um, I guess it's a new docu-series in ESPN. That's kind of the, show. the first episode of it, right? I think it's the second. I think they had another one of involving Serena. Um, but but yeah, this is one of the first episodes, and um, man, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Come back to me. Come back to me, David. I lost my train of thought there. Okay. Um, Want to start over? What was I saying before, Serena? Um, that, what was it? It was basically, I don't know, I had just said it was like, we were talking about how it was like the last, uh, you, you were saying reports were coming out that day. That oh, it was gonna yeah. Be yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you want to start over? Yeah, you want to just start from the top, like, or not from the top, but I started on. You said Stephen A, right? Yeah, 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 Stephen A. Okay. That's where I finish. We'll just okay. transition right to you. Okay. Three, two, one. Yeah, Stephen A was one of the like the ones that was on it the longest, I think, um, as far as like LeBron coming to Miami and teaming up with Chris Bosh and Dwayne. But as the day got closer, like as decision day got closer, they, I, I just remember more reporters being like, okay, this is half, like this is probably going to happen. He's going to go to Miami. Um, and actually in, in the one hour – um, show the, the it's called backstory. That's kind of, that's uh, this new docu series on ESPN that, that that's chronicling the decision this week. Um, they they go to they kind of turn to a clip from that night, like minutes before the decision. And Chris Broussard is like, "Yeah, I'm hearing it's Miami." And then Michael Wilbon at the same time is like, "I'm also hearing it's Miami." So I think as it got closer, like more people started to realize, like, learn that it really was going to be the Heat. But yeah, up until. I would say that day there was still a lot of um, uncertainty of what LeBron was going to do. Yeah. Like, I remember when he went back to Cleveland 
that there had been, you know, that had kind of become the conclusion in the days leading up. Um, and, and definitely when he went to L.A., like, I remember when, he, when that report came out, or I don't remember if he announced it or if it was reported, but I remember it just, like, felt so anticlimactic when that one got announced, considering, like, the magnitude, specifically of the decision. Then even the Cleveland one, like I said, I think most people kind of had assumed it was Cleveland by then, but there was still, you know, the Big Sports Illustrated uh, cover feature um, about it, um, you know, his essay. I think he was – Lee Jenkins, I think, like an essay yeah. that they kind of co-wrote, it seems like. And then the L.A. one was just so anticlimactic. Like, it was such a foregone conclusion for, like, more than a year that he was going to go to L.A., and then he just – I think it was just a, a press release they put out. It was, it was so anticlimactic. I guess uh, the KD one kind of – that one was a shock, if I remember correctly, when KD said he was going to Golden State. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there was, again, there were some reports out there that Golden State was, like, had a really well, good chance. Like, was, like, Golden State, Boston, there were, like, a couple yeah. teams. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that Golden State specifically was going to be the pick. It wasn't even a foregone conclusion that he was going to leave OKC, I remember. Right, but, yeah, I mean, they were still in the mix. Yeah, so, like, yeah, that one that one was pretty, and also, I know it's not, like, he's not the caliber of player, but the Gordon Hayward one, if you remember, was pretty... Yeah. Remember, like he was going to Boston, but then his agent came out, and the Heat were involved in this as well. Like they were, they had one of the meetings yeah. with Gordon but like he was going to Boston, then the agent came out and said that's not true. He hasn't made a decision yet, but then he ended up going to Boston. You know, the Players Tribune article. But I just remember I was covering the Heat at the time, and I remember covering that, and it was like a crazy day just because there was so much back and forth um, with his decision. That's almost what I mean. Like that one. You know, they it was just obvious he was going to go. Once that first report came out, even though that yeah. wasn't the official announcement, it was just obvious he was going to go Boston. Like, that's just how it works now, like stuff leaks. And I feel like back then um, it just didn't – that stuff didn't necessarily – I mean, I'm sure it was out there and, like – but it, was, it wasn't it was the Twitter where there's just guys reporting every day, like, what's the latest they're hearing. It was like Stephen A would maybe come on for a hit on Sports yeah. Center once, you know, on the, the night – you know, the 11 p.m. show or whatever, and, like, you would get the – it was just a different time is basically what I'm saying. So it was, I think, more exciting in a lot of ways. Like, nothing like the decision I think could – I mean, maybe if it was, like, LeBron or, like – you know, there, there's a select few guys that could still make it work, but I don't think it would ever feel as – well, one, it wouldn't feel as novel, obviously, and it wouldn't feel as um, – it's impossible to have, like, that level of drama, I think, anymore. We're, we're just, you know – even, I mean, like, I cover a lot of recruiting. It, you feel like you know pretty much where every recruit's going to go by the time they go to their um, signing ceremony or their, their hat ceremony. Like, it's very rare. You know, and there's obviously a lot more guys that go through that kind of thing every year, and, and it's still pretty rare to have, you know, maybe once a year there's, like, one that really has a lot of drama at, like, a hat ceremony or a signing ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, it's I love Twitter, but at the same time, like, part of me is, like, it was, like, stuff was a little bit more exciting when, like you said, when there wasn't Twitter, because it was just more, like, surprise, more uncertainty to kind of things. Now with Twitter, like, you're just informed all the time. Yeah. So, like, very little surprises. You kind of know what's happening before it happens. So, um, yeah, Twitter's definitely changed things. And it would, the decision would have been so much different, like, what happened today. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else on that, or are we good to wrap up? I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Um, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, anything big you're working on right now or just all still return stuff? Um, 
I'll still return stuff. I do have something in the works for next week. I don't want to. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Right now, but there's, I mean, something interesting, I think. Something that will be different um, next week. So just stay tuned. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I actually haven't written a lot about the heat lately. You, you've kind of been on that, although you're, you're taking a couple of days off. So, so maybe maybe some heat stuff for me early next week. But otherwise, um, wrote a story about Broward College um, and they're they're folding their athletic program. Kind of talk to some of the athletes about what it's like, and particularly in baseball, it's a tough time to find. You know, there's just not a lot of teams out there with minor leagues folding and the draft shorter and. Um, just, uh, I thought it was a good look at, at baseball in general, where, where things stand. Um, so if you're interested, check that out. Otherwise, um, yeah, not much else for me these days. Looking forward to real sports coming back and not having to soon. find features to write every day. Yeah, soon, soon. Just a few weeks, hopefully. Cross your fingers, yeah. right? Yep. All right, uh, let's wrap things up there. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I uh, will talk to you guys next week.